Hi, we are Hello. ready. Episode dos. The extent of my Spanish, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You took sign language in school, so that makes sense. Just do sign language. Yeah, that's really going to help our auditory listeners while <laughs> I do our podcast exclusively in sign language. <laughs> that would be amazing, a podcast in sign language. Uh, it'd be a video. <laughs> So it is exciting. We are here for episode two. We have not quit between episode one and episode two. (laughs) And I got to hand it to us. I think that's pretty impressive. Go us. So I guess we can say welcome back to Choreographed Chaos, the podcast. Uh, I'm Hope. I'm Nicole. And we are so excited to be doing this again. So what have you been up to? What's new this week? Well, I am back in Florida, uh, back, back in sunny Florida that is currently chucking it down raining. That's what they don't tell you about Florida. Everybody's like, it rains in the afternoon, but you get these days where it's just like torrential downpour, like the entire day, like just somebody left the faucet on high. (laughs) I kind of think of that more Southern Florida than I do. Where you are, but... Yeah, it's like this in Orlando. Except over Disney World. Doesn't rain there. <laughs> um. So, no. I've had... I'm back in Orlando. Like, the post-travel uh, chaos of, like, putting your life back together. And I have two dogs. So, uh, who will probably be regular celebrity discussions in the podcast. I have... Um, a dog, Susie, who we refer to as the deer dog. And she looks like a deer. She does. She does. She is a German Shepherd, Great Dane. She is a rescue. So can we know. time out for a second? When you say that, the picture in your in my head at least is very different than what she actually looks like. So I say you know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. So I say all the time to people when I'm describing her and they've never met her. She was a rescue uh, from an abuse situation. She was one of eleven puppies in this litter. I say I've seen all the other dogs. Like I, I've seen them. I have kept contact in some of the owners on Facebook and such. She's stalking the other dog. Yeah, her, her family, her long lost family. So. All the other puppies either look like German Shepherds or look like Great Danes. And then there's Susie, who's all of the fugly leftover parts. Like, she's everything that was left over in the genetic pool, all in Mm -hmm. one dog. It's so bad. Um, She has these really long deer legs and is very thin and is super awkward and very human-like. So she was my dog that I had before I met Jeff, my boyfriend slash our business manager. (laughs) Um, And... He is a bulldog person, which if any of you listening are bulldog people, you all are weird. (laughs) Um, And I guess I've become a bulldog mom. So he had a dog when I met him, JJ. Uh, JJ. JJ. JJ was a, uh, when I met him, he was a 12-year-old bulldog, which is Mm -hmm. like every vet was like, wow, how did you keep a bulldog alive this long? Um, JJ and Susie hated each other. Uh, mostly Susie just hated JJ. <laughs> um, so us living together and things like that was very complicated at first. Uh, unfortunately, JJ is no longer with us. So we, uh, in February, made the decision to get another dog who is a little baby bulldog named Zion. Uh, Jeff names his animals after Duke basketball players. So we have little Zion named after Zion Williams. And Shout out. He is adorable, and I'm not just biased because he's mine. <laughs> he's so dumb. It's unbelievable. And we were really worried with how they were going to get along because Susie is so anti-other dogs. Um, so it's been really interesting. She, It's like a sibling, very much a human-sibling relationship. They love each other first thing in the morning, and by like 8 p.m., Susie hates his existence and wants nothing to do with him, and he's obsessed with her. And mm-hmm. he's like, play with this toy, and she like growls at him. And he's like, play with this toy, and then she growls at him. So it's- we should say that Susie's the, I would say, the least intimidating dog you could ever meet. 
which is so funny because everybody's scared of her because she sounds so aggressive. I had a friend come over the other day who had never met her and said to our other friend when she left, she was like, that dog freaked me out. And she really? sound, she sounds so aggressive when she meets new people, but she'll she'll never get close enough to you. Um, so I have a million Susie and Zion stories. But whenever I come home, it's so cute because Zion is just this little wall of fat and he's just yeah, wiggling. Just puddle of wrinkles. He's a puddle of wrinkles and he's wiggling and he's so excited for me to be home. And he just wants to like crawl <laughs> into my organs so that he can never get away from him again. <laughs> So it's been like four days home where he's just following me around. He's literally sitting outside the door of the bedroom waiting for me to waiting. come back out. Come back. But um, we learned. So in my coming back home, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up my guitar. I have mm. not played my guitar in a solid many years. I was trained classically and I got burnt out. And <laughs> you sound so pretentious. I was trained classically. I know. Oh it's my fine. Gosh. Hate me. It's cool. Um, <laughs> it's actually really, it sounds pretentious, but it's really uncool because everybody's always like, you can play guitar. Can you play this song? And like, I really, no, I can't. I'm trained <laughs> classically. <laughs> like, I cannot. I was saying that. But like, no, I can't play. I was trained classically. So people just will think I have a talent that I don't. So I started playing guitar, but we found out that Zion is afraid of the guitar. Petrified of the guitar. Like I took it out and I like just strummed it because I was trying to figure out how much I was going to have to tune it, which was a lot. And uh, he ran. He does not run fast because he's a ball of fat wrinkles. Mm -hmm. He could not have moved his body more fast to a corner and I played for probably two hours the other night and he hid and cowered for the entire two hours. So that's what I've been doing. You think it was the guitar or the player? I'm hoping it's <laughs> the guitar. Which it's just funny because Susie's afraid of everything mm-hmm. all the time. And he's normally the braver one. And then suddenly she's looking at him like, what are you doing? And I <laughs> like, all right. Her nickname, Deer Dog. Deer dog. It looks like a deer, but she also is very skittish like a deer. So it's so bad. I like get I get the worst looks in public when I take her out because they she think it's a deer. It will they think it's a deer. <laughs> um, why does that woman have a deer on a leash? But she's so thin. And well now now that she, Jeff is in her life, she has plumped up some. But for probably the first year and a half I had her, people would be like, oh, what kind of dog is that? And I'd start talking to them and they'd be like, oh, is she a rescue? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, did you just get her? Because she's so thin. It looks like I don't feed her. And I'm like, no, I've had her for a year and a half. And they're like, oh, why is she still so thin? And I'm like, ah, she doesn't eat. I, I don't know. I can't. She's watching her figure. All right. She was. Yeah. She, like, consistently wanted to just eat chicken nuggets from Chicken Nuggies from Chick-fil-A. So, but that's, it's been mostly uh, traumatizing my dogs since I got home. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he, uh, I felt bad, but I'm not going to stop playing. So, I guess I'm not a good mother. <laughs> I'm not going to give him my passion. <laughs> You're just going to have to cower in the corner by yourself. <laughs> I was like, maybe that will be like when Jeff takes him on a walk or something, an activity that you can. He was. He doesn't want to go anywhere. So we, they wear harnesses um, whenever they go out of the house. And Susie, you pick up her harness and she's so excited. She's at the door ready to go. Zion, you pick up his harness and he hauls it to hide under the table because he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to walk. He doesn't want to be hot. So like we're. Yeah, except for he's a puppy. He's six months old. He should be, like, excited to do things. And he's like, no, please leave me in the air conditioning. Yeah. Hey, you're in Florida. I get it. So we'll see. But that's mostly been, you know, catching up with Jeff, traumatizing the dogs. (laughs) All the days work. I've been watching that Zac Efron thing on Netflix. Oh, the documentary. I don't know what you want to call it, where he explores the world Mm -hmm. for – it's kind of, I guess, for alternative medicines and health purposes. Mm-hmm. I watched the first two episodes. I don't. It's it's much more interesting than I thought it was going to be. That's good. <laughs> like the actual topics are because you know I was like Zach Efron's. I'll watch it. We'll see how how bad can it be, right? <laughs> 
So I've really been liking that so far. Mm, that's exciting. Yeah. You've been up. Have you gone out in the world, in the COVID world? Have you done anything fun? Done anything? No. I mean, I think I've gone out to dinner twice. Ooh, risk taker. About it. And then everything else has just been like getting groceries, getting stuff that we need, but nothing fun. I'm still, I'm waiting for the day we go back to the world being like not weird that you went out of your house. Yeah. It's so like, oh, like somebody's like, oh, I went to the grocery store. And it's like, oh, you went to the grocery store. What was that like? Were there people there? I'm like, oh. That is my favorite thing is whenever you tell someone you went somewhere, they're like, oh, how many people were there? Like that's the normal question now. So you'll appreciate this. I am So I'm an organized person. I like to organize things. Mm -hmm. I decided when I had all this sudden free time this summer because of my, you know, furlough situation due to COVID, who shall not be named, um, I decided I was going to start this whole eyeshadow challenge Mm -hmm. in my head. Mm -hmm. And I've told Nicole this and she was just like, okay. (laughs) So very interesting. I have amassed like a crud ton of eyeshadow palettes i'm in one of those like makeup subscription boxes so i get like basically an eyeshadow palette every other month but i never do anything different like i never put on a different color i always just put on the same three eyeshadows and i'm like why do i have all of these if i'm not going to use them so i was like i'm home a lot i'm gonna learn how to do other stuff with my makeup i challenged myself to try every eyeshadow in my collection that i have amassed and decide what I like and use that as my way to figure out if I want to keep it or not. Um, I love this idea, by the way. Yeah, until I counted them. <laughs> oh, you so counted them? I organized my bathroom and I was like, let me get all of them in one place so that as I'm like going through, I can just pick a new palette and work through it. I have 306 shades to try. <laughs> I love the six, the 306. 306 shades. And I was just like, well. <laughs> If I do one a day. <laughs> but we were talking about it. And normally you end up using three or four colors per mm-hmm. makeup look. So it's not just one color a day. I mean, it's 306 divided by – so it's still, still a lot. But So we'll see how it's going. I'll have given up in like three months and been like, I'm over it. I'm just going back to the same three eyeshadows. It is hard to get out of that rut. Like once you – because – also, it takes more time to be like, does this color go with this? And how is this going to blend and mm-hmm. everything? So if you already know what you're doing, you just throw it on and go. Yeah. So it's forcing me to do my makeup, which makes me feel like a real human being. So, but 306. So I feel like in a weird plot twist, because I haven't been wearing makeup, my skin got worse than when I was wearing makeup. <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. I'm like, okay, I'm not wearing any makeup, I'm not doing anything. But then when I wear makeup, I'm like, huh, my skin seems better the next couple of days. Maybe it's just protesting. Yeah, I don't know. It's so unused to it that it just can't handle it. I just like those people that are like barely wear makeup and look amazing. And I just yeah, I don't I want that. I hate them. <laughs> Hate's a strong word. I yeah, highly pretty people are the worst, you know? Ugh. Just awful. And then, like, Jeff will say to me, I'll be like, You don't need to wear makeup. You look beautiful. And I'm like, You are so sweet, but full of crud. <laughs> yeah, that's a, such a party line. You're beautiful. No. I mean, I so appreciate it. And it makes me feel amazing about myself. But at the same time, I'm just like, We all but have I, truth. I'm like, But I don't. <laughs> so we'll see if, you know, maybe in three. And I've learned the other thing I'm learning is, is that like, Apparently, I have eyelids that just stain very easily. Huh, that's interesting. So, like, two days ago or three days ago, I had, like, a bright red on. And, um, yeah, my eyelids were red. I have a blue on today, which I'm expecting to take off and have blue. Lid. Blue. Do you use an eyeshadow primer? I do. What do you use? I don't even know what I'm using right now. I've been trying. I'm like trying all this different makeup. So I'm constantly mm-hmm. putting stuff. So I'm probably just like one type of makeup away from a full break- breakout. But we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, I apparently my eyeshadows just want to stay on my lid forever. I don't know if it's I'd say my favorite because I feel like I've tried a lot of eyeshadow primers. My favorite 
is oh gosh her Oops. mic fell over that's what that noise was in case uh, you heard it uh well hopefully we'll just edit that out we'll just get technical difficulties it's fine so my favorite eyeshadow primer that i've that i have tried over however many there are out there is nars's mm-hmm. like smudge proof eyeshadow base or something and it's one of those things that to be honest, I don't really love a lot of NARS products. I don't really get the hype about them. But that is by far my favorite eyeshadow base of all times. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend that one if you want one. I don't know about staining, but for being smudge proof, it really, really does. Because I like to wear a lot of glitter. I like to wear a you lot do. of purple. Rock and glitter. Really, I, I love a glitter. Um, and it really doesn't go anywhere. So that's my favorite if you need a new mm-hmm. one to try. Once I work through all of the other ones that mm-hmm. I currently have. Then you can report back on a full spectrum of what worked and what didn't. Or to become a beauty blog. A beauty blog. I only, but here's the problem is I'm trying to narrow down it to get to my favorite things and only buy those things and not experiment with other products. So that's probably the opposite of what a beauty blog is supposed to do. We're supposed to try everything. The minimalist blog. Yeah. It's like I, the three things I love. Jeff wants us to become a Disney podcast so that we can get a Disney sponsorship. He's all a Disney podcast. Why doesn't he? Yeah. He doesn't know anything about Disney. (laughs) I love that. This is my favorite part about Jeff that I've learned over the years you've been together. Is that anything that's really popular, he just knows nothing about. I mean, he knows his, the stuff he's interested in. And then... But, but like neurotypical things that like every which I get like I'm not interested in in a lot of like Star Wars Harry Potter I get it I'm the same way but it's so funny to me because everything he's like no <laughs> and I'm a Disney fanatic like fun maybe it's funny to me because everything that you're interested in that's like pop <laughs> like pop culture type stuff he has no idea about and maybe maybe it's more that I'm not only a Disney fanatic I'm one of the Disney parks fanatics so i live in orlando now and i am one of those obnoxious people that goes to disney world two or three times of the week pre disease that we shall not talk about (laughs) um so i like have slowly roped him into being into Mm -hmm. it but he still every time is like okay (laughs) <laughs> like he has like no interest he doesn't like know a lot of the movies he like i'll like do you know what movie this is from and he'll be like his go-to answer is the little mermaid or toy story <laughs> so mermaid. oh that's a good one that's a solid one to throw out there because odds are it could be from little mermaid it's because he's a ginger and he relates to her so he relates to her that's every every kid likes the princess that looks the most like them He's a ginger. She's a ginger. Who was your princess growing up? Um, I probably would say Belle would have been. Okay. Well, Belle is short. <laughs> Especially when comparison to the beast. Yeah. You're a brunette. She's a brunette. She's from France and likes, like, you know, the French bread. bread. <laughs> but, like, she's, like, very fast. She's probably one of the most fashionable princesses. Has the widest array of outfits that I feel like fits you. That's true. Like, I liked Belle and I liked Cinderella. I, I love the ribbon choker. I For some reason, it gets me every time. <gasps> the ribbon choker. Yeah, that's my favorite. And I, also, you- I love, but see, I love the villains probably more than I love anything else. Oh, yeah. I, I don't like, know. Like, Crawl my all-time favorite. Yeah, people get hyped on those. I'm not. I'm not a Disney at Halloween villains kind of gal. I'm like a Disney at peak Christmas. Have you ever been, been to Disney at Halloween? Yeah, I live here. Oh. Of course, I've been to Disney at well, Halloween. Now, since you... I guess you moved there before Halloween. Yeah. I mean, I've been there pre- like before. Mm-hmm. I would go pretty Because that is my favorite time to go, I would say. Oh my gosh, the minute they pop the Christmas trees out, I'm like, yes. But I'm also <laughs> way more into Christmas than Again, something that you and Jeff differ on. Jeff Jeff, yeah. Jeff does not into Christmas. He was not raised on Christmas. He's he's actually Jewish, so that's Jewish. why. Um, but I have forced Christmas onto him. And Hope loves Christmas. She's one of those people that loves Christmas. 
I'm like the kid that like budgets to make sure I can afford an expensive live tree. Like I was the, you know, the 22 year old at my first job being like, well, one of my expenses this month has to be a live tree because I got to have a live one. Fake ones aren't good enough. So <laughs> Fake ones aren't, doesn't mean you're Christmas. I've never owned a fake tree. Here's the thing. We didn't either all growing up, but we discovered three years ago or something that one of my dad's friends gave him his old, this, his old fake tree and it was, has been in our attic for 10 years. And so about three years ago, I was like, well, can we get it down and I can decorate it more of a theme? And he was like, all right, sure. And so I did, and I've never dealt with a fake tree before then. And I really have fallen in love with a fake tree because you can do whatever the heck you want to it. Creator. I mean, I love I love a real tree. I mean, we still have a real tree. The smell, yeah, I get it. It's great. But there is something about being able to manipulate all the branches and get the ornaments to sit right that makes it does make me happy. So when Jeff and I first started dating, my dad warned him about taking me to a Christmas tree lot. Um <laughs> Uh, our family at a Christmas tree lot is an experience. Um, I grew up in a household where at the peak of our Christmas festivities, we would have four live trees. Um, the main one was normally like a 16-footer. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that shows you. I come from a long line of Christmas people. Um, but dad was like, just so you know, hope is an emotional wreck at a Christmas tree lot. And I don't think Jeff got it until we went to the Christmas tree lot. Um, I have this whole theory. I don't know who told it to me as a child that traumatized me until my adulthood um, about Christmas trees and their Christmas tree miracle. So I don't know. I see. I don't even remember where I got this from. As a kid, somebody told me every Christmas tree grows up its entire life waiting for its Christmas miracle, which their Christmas miracle is to spend Christmas with a family uh-huh. in their house and bring them joy. And uh-huh. I get so upset about all the trees on the tree lot that might not get a Christmas tree miracle. So okay. for all of my life, we have bought the ugliest tree because I was afraid nobody else would take it. The nicer ones have a better shot of getting a family. I would like cry. Like I'm talking like two years ago, I was crying at the Christmas tree lot. And so I like, this is carried, this has become like a, an anxiety issue that is carried into my adulthood. And so dad was like, just FYI. And Jeff got to experience it. I was like, look at all these Christmas trees that might not get their Christmas miracle. I wish we could bring them all home. And at one point, the guy at the Christmas tree lot was like, I think he just said it to make me feel better. I don't even think it's true. He was like, oh, well, all of our trees that we don't use, we send them to the to a nonprofit at the beach and they use them to help coral, like drop them for coral reefs and fish growth off of the off of the coast mm-hmm. and i don't know if that's true it might be a complete lie and it's just made me feel better because now they get a different kind of christmas miracle but this is okay just a little glimpse into hope psychosis okay here's the thing we've been friends for how long and i did not know this because listen <laughs> to this. This, is, this is why we're perfect together i have the exact same thing oh really no yes. way i talked about this you, um, we've never talked about this. You can, we should get my mom to talk about it because she, it drives her insane because all growing up, I felt the same way that the Christmas tree, I always wanted the most deformed, the saddest, <laughs> the one that had two trunks on it that my dad almost hurt himself trying to saw off the one because I thought no one else was going to pick it and that it was going to be the sad tree in the lot and that we had to take it. Yeah, I have the exact same thing. And it probably my whole life till probably about four years ago, mom finally put her foot down. I was like, can we for once get a tree that looks good? Like that's all I'm asking. Because I was one of the trees that were half falling over. I remember one time dad had to tie it to the window so it didn't fall into the family room. And I named them. They're all Henry or Harrison. Like I name, I I feel the exact same way about the Christmas tree. Is you always have to get the worst one of the lot because that's the least likely to be picked. I never see. I never knew you felt that way. But yeah, I, I know have, you felt that way either. 
I strong like this is a passionate cause of mine, the Christmas tree miracle. So poor Jeff, like our first Christmas together, we're together like six months, and I'm like a sniveling mess at a Christmas tree lot, and he's just not grasping. And he's like, is this? He's like, is this supposed to be fun? (laughs) To everyone else, yes, but to us, we have to find the most sad broken tree it's missing half the branches mm-hmm. like i as a as an adult on my own i don't think i'll ever have a perfect christmas tree because i always want to pick the one that is the okay. most charlie brown christmas tree i guess yeah and now it's funny because growing up because we always had so our main tree was always really tall so you know 14 16 foot so there's some really ugly ones at that height <laughs> So as we've gotten older, my dad every year is like, can we go like a little shorter? Can we go like a little shorter? And my mom always would kind of back him up and be like, Hope, we got to go a little shorter. We got to go a little shorter. Well, last Christmas, we're at the lot and there's this really ugly one that's in like the 14 foot range. And my dad's like, can we just go a little shorter? Like there's 12 foot ones right here. Let's do that. My mom's like, well, the 12 and the 14 cost the same, so let's just get the 14. I'm, like, I'm looking at her. I'm like, do you see where it comes from? Like, I didn't just organically find this. It wasn't like I just accidentally became a Christmas tree psycho. Like, I got it. Post. Side note, we have an Instagram for our podcast. So we yeah, can we're- post some pictures that correlate with whatever we're talking about. And it's funny because this past Christmas, when you guys got a 14-foot tree, um, ours was very last. We had to kind of throw our Christmas together, and it was very last minute. And Dad and I went to go find a Christmas tree, and it was late. Like, it was middle of December. And it was just us two, and we both were like, we just can't do a big tree. So we went, and we (laughs) – did you ever see the picture of it? Yes, I saw your tree. I was at your house. I saw your tree. Yes, it was literally was maybe a little bit taller than me. There's a picture of me hugging it, and it's maybe I think it was maybe six feet. I think I said to you, "What happened to the rest of your tree?" Oh, it literally looks like you cut off half the tree. Yes, a hundred percent. I'll post that picture on the Instagram if anyone wants to see it. It, um, but it was great. It was so easy to decorate. It was so easy to bring in. Take. I mean, it did. It was great, but it did look very sad. But hey, that fits my theme, so. It was fine. It literally fit. My dad has like a smaller SUV. It literally fit in the back of his car. Like we didn't even strap it to the top. Let's see. I I uh, I made that first year. Jeff had to tie it to the top of our car. He had to climb, carry it up three flights of stairs to my third floor apartment. Like I, it was an experience. That was his first Christmas tree, though, right? Yeah. I bought him ornaments. We have a menorah ornament on the tree. <laughs> But yeah, okay. we could start a support group because I'm sure if you and I both have this and have never realized it, yeah, does anyone else like, have that? There's just probably this whole group of us in this age demographic that like grew up on way too much Disney Channel. Do you think it's because we watched Charlie Brown Christmas? No, but that's been around for like ever. That wasn't just us. That was, and like I, to a- be honest, I'm not sure I've ever watched it. <laughs> so, like, just seen it. Just seen that. You know the picture. Yeah, it's it's gotten to the point my like neurosy over Christmas trees is so bad my younger brother won't like he doesn't want to go. <laughs> He's Hello. like, I'll just sit in the car. I feel like, like that. Yeah, he could make an excuse to not do anything. He'd be like, I'm okay. And it's just like it's a lot of years of Christmas tree trauma. There was the Christmas that my dad drove not one but two Christmas trees into our garage. <laughs> What is your dad? National Lampoons? <laughs> so we had a sequoia and when we went and got the big tree. It fell off on the highway. <laughs> so that was, it fell off of the roof of the car. And then my mom, because my dad had just gotten a Toyota sequoia. Like it was right when he had just gotten that car. So my mom's like, remember the car is taller than your last one. You cannot drive into the garage with the tree on top. And my dad was like, of course I can. I know that. And we pull up, smash right into the top of the garage. And then not even a week later, I like, this is like one of those childhood distinct memories. My mom being like, Tom, 
do not drive into the garage with the tree on top of the car. <laughs> and my dad's like, I'm not going to do that twice. And then like 30 minutes later, he drove into the garage with the tree on top. So the third tree we got that year, he put in the back of the car. <laughs> that was, yeah, that learned his lesson. I do yeah. love just your dad is kind of like a secret comedian. Oh, yeah. You know what you mean? And I feel like that's so something he would do. Now that we've completely gone on a tangent in a totally opposite direction with Christmas <laughs> trees. Childhood Christmas dramas. God, I'm going to start a support group, the Christmas I, tree support group. I love that that we did not know that about each other. I, we both had the exact same feeling about something. Maybe we could just it's get group so, therapy and just we, save ourselves. Yeah. You should invest that. <laughs> so when if, if we ever get Jeff on this episode, we can that's one of the things we'll ask him about so he can tell talk about his first Christmas tree experience. His first Christmas. Yeah. So and he has many, many more to look forward to. <laughs> He's packing his bags as we're doing the podcast. Throwing <laughs> the dog in a suitcase. <laughs> Hightailing it out of here. Yeah. Oh Lord. So what was our actual – so we figured when we were talking about, like, what are we going to do for episodes two and three, our episode four, we'll tease, is going to be very exciting. <laughs> uh, it will involve a third human being. So get pumped. Get uh, pumped. Nicole was made the point of that maybe we should talk about, like, stories that are, like, quintessentially us. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a Nicole story that's just very Nicole, a Hope story that's very Hope, um, in an effort for people to get to know us better and kind of learn like about like you know kind of get a taste of our humor and our disaster. Nicole's already laughing, so we figured we'll tell we'll talk about like a very Nicole story on this episode, mm-hmm. and on our next episode we will talk about a very Hope story. Um, so Nicole's gonna go first. Uh, yeah. I volunteered her as tribute, which. <laughs> Uh, we kind of hinted to this in the last episode. I mentioned um, Nicole has a uh, affinity for the hot boys. Mm-hmm. So there was nothing more fitting than Nicole talking about one of her crushes, which Nicole has some of the most intense crushes. <laughs> I think he was my most intense. Um, really? Really? Do you want to think about that and come back to me? Uh, probably. Well, as it is say, a Nicole story we classify as something that happens to me and doesn't really involve anybody else. It's just normally me. And it's so stupid that it doesn't even sound real. It's like a soap opera. But they're so funny at the end of the day. I mean, they're funny to me even in the moment, but they're so funny afterwards because it's just... And because normally it's never me doing, I think we'd said it before, like we don't seek out adventure. It's not like I'm trying to be involved in anything. They're just things that happen to me or I get myself involved in that I normally didn't want to be part of to begin with. Yeah. Would you say that's true? I think that a lot of the moments in our lives, we were bystanders that got Mm -hmm. shoved to the forefront. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We were just there to watch, not to participate in the magic show. And then suddenly we're in the magic show. I would say a lot of literally minding my own business and somehow something insane happens. Okay. So I guess we should start at the very beginning. Buckle in, boys and girls. Yeah, this is strapping. Uh, so a little bit back story, so it makes more sense. I had moved the summer before ninth grade, which I think we had said before. Mm-hmm. So I obviously didn't know anybody. And the house that we bought was a new build, and it wasn't ready in time when school started. So school started, I don't know, like middle of August, and our house wasn't ready till I, th- I think it was the very end of September, like September 30th, that we moved in. And it's kind of weird because in my the whole neighborhood, the community, did you say, was built in like 2002. And it wasn't, and so they built half my street of houses and then they stopped and they didn't continue building the rest of the houses till 2006 when we bought it. So the first half of the street, I mean, basically the whole neighborhood was done except my half of the street where we bought a house. So we were like the first people to move in in the new section. So we move in 
And on that Monday, going to school, I rode the bus. And riding the bus home, my uh, other best friend, Stephanie, she'll probably make uh, appearances in this at some point. Oh, boy. Rode the bus home with me, so I didn't have to ride the bus home by myself the first day. And that bus stop fed, I think it was just the stop fed like four streets. So it was like a gaggle of kids got off the bus and it was kind of chaos. And I had lived there for three days at that point. <laughs> so we're walking, we're walking um, up the street because it was a street over our bus stop. And we get to the top of my street and I look across the street and there's this guy standing there that had obviously gone off the bus. And I remember turning to Steph and being like, oh. <gasps> Who is that? And I remember her looking over and being like, that's Daniel. And very like, why? Like, why do you care kind of thing? And I was like, oh, he is so cute. Oh, my gosh. And she just goes, really? <laughs> I was like, yes. Which also Steph and I have very different tastes in guys. Actually, you and Steph probably have more similar taste. <laughs> so she was very much like, Okay. Because she had moved um, the year before, so she had gone to eighth grade with you guys. So she knew. Yeah. So she knew everyone, you know, in our grade. So that's how she knew who he was. She's like, "Oh my gosh!" And so we're walking down the street, and he's on the other side, and walk, and I keep kind of glancing. Over, I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like he's still going down the street. Like, "Oh my gosh!" We're getting closer and closer and closer. But I knew, obviously my house was the last one that was built at the time. So I knew he wasn't further down. So I was like, oh my gosh, like, what if he's actually my next door neighbor? Like how crazy is that? So, so he crossed the street and goes to his house, which is, I think it's five or six houses up from mine. And I was like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, he, I think he's so cute and he lives on my street and he only lives five houses up. Like what are, you know, what are the chances of that? And, and we, it was very like, Netflix uh oh yeah this teen movie <laughs> yeah because we had been in school for six weeks at that point I think and I had never seen him before and we were in the same grade it's not like he you know was older or something and I would never have seen him but I never saw him before that and I just instantly was like I love him <laughs> Nicole has intense crushes like yeah she- is committed to the cause when she picks the crush. <laughs> so we should say at the time, it was 2006, and he was, he dressed, he was, we call him the original hipster. <laughs> I forgot we call him that. Mm-hmm. We called him the original hipster because he used to wear like skinny jeans and, um, and like the headbands and stuff. And that was way before it was popular or trendy. Mm-hmm. But I was in love with that. I think that's kind of why I had a crush on him because I was like, oh, my God, here's a guy in a tight pant. I'm all in. Because everyone else was wearing, <laughs> you know, like a wide leg Hollister pants and, and polo shirt. Peggy Alaska t-shirts. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I think because it was so – he looked so different. Mm-hmm. So I was into that. So, so high school happened. I had a huge question on him freshman year, but I, I never saw him. Yeah. What? So I'm raising my hand because I was like, wait. So I remember when you told me you had a crush on him. I told everyone. Well, no, but I just like distinctly remember when I found out about it mm-hmm. because, you know, so we got to know each other the second half of our freshman year. I think we were, it was some, I remember Alyssa being there. So it must have been something related to baseball. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that you had this crush on this boy, and I probably wasn't that invested in your life at that point. So you probably had said his name, and I didn't realize it. And we were doing something or going somewhere, and you pointed him out. And now I've gone to school with this guy since elementary school. So, like, we were in first grade, second grade together. And I remember you pointing him out, and I'm being like, really? <laughs> Why does everyone have that reaction? Really? And it's like one of those things, it's like when you're around the same group of kids mm-hmm. for like ever in a day, you don't think anyone can find them attractive. Like they're just like, they're like there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're like, And I just remember being like, what? 
like so like confused like legitimately confused and then coming home and telling my mom that's who you had a crush on and her having the same reaction because she was my class mom several years so she knew him and she was like what (laughs) like what i love that everyone had the exact same reaction everybody was like wait what he had, I think my mom, if I remember correctly, I could call her and verify this. I think she was like, he has way cuter friends. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what my mother said. <laughs> so, But I will say, throughout high school, I did find out that I think a lot of people did have a crush on him at one point or another. Oh, see, that's shocking information to me. <laughs> well, okay, it, I'll tell it later in the story, but we do know for a fact about some things. So, you know, high school happens. And then, you know, I kind of think I let it go by the end of freshman year. And then throughout high school, just was he was there. And I always thought he was attractive. But again, he was very much ahead of all fashion trends. It just became a running joke. It became a running joke. And you know what I thought about last night, which I'm going to try to find it and we'll post it on Instagram, is senior year, Hope would make me all these drawings and I hunt them in my locker and I kept them. And there's a drawing that you made that is him through the years, his different outfits. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> because I distinctly remember because our senior year, which would have been like 2009, 2010, he would wear like cut off Bermuda shorts and like a 90s windbreaker, 80s, 90s windbreaker. And back then that was not – like secondhand thrifting, that was not a thing. It was all about name brands, brand new stuff. Mm-hmm. And guys were very, I would say, like manly clothes. Like no one wore like a cutoff Bermuda short. That was just not, you know what I mean? Yeah. And he would. And so because I distinctly remember, I, I'm pretty sure the senior year's picture of him, you drew him in that outfit, which is why I remember it so clearly. So I will I try to remember this. So, I will okay. try to find it, and I'll if I find it, I'll post it. I'm pretty sure. I don't. I can't imagine I got rid of those. So so throughout. So then it became kind of like an on running joke that I had a crush on him throughout high school. And to be honest, even though we lived on the same street, I don't think I ever saw him. Like I don't remember ever running into him anywhere, ever seeing him out, nothing. So I think it kind of just petered out. You're just like, whatever. And then you found other boys. To I did. I found other boys. And because um, we never had any classes together, I never talked to him. There was just nothing, you know, nothing there. So then when we graduated, he went to school in New York and I went to college basically in DC. So I was like, okay, we live to, you know, we'll never see each other ever again. And then. I would say a year after that. Oh, I guess like 2012. I'll try to do it in years so it makes sense. I think like 2012, his we found out from another neighbor that his family was moving across the country. I want to say it was California or Arizona. I don't quite remember. Um, it was across the country. And I just remember thinking, all right, well, I never saw him to begin with. But now that he's not, his whole family's not here, bye. You know, never. <laughs> see him again and um and they were gone for i guess oh no sorry my airpod fell out we're never gonna film an episode where those don't fall out i know they don't fit my ears i think right they should baby ears i thank you that's such nice because i always hate my ears thank you so much for that compliment you're welcome i'm just here so then a year later like 2013 their house went up for sale so I was like, oh, because they rented it out the year they were gone. And I was like, oh, obviously they're never coming back. So at the same time that their house went up for sale, I guess I kind of have to describe my street for this to make sense, right? Your street's like a T. Yes. So it's you my have the house. the main street and then an offshoot. So it's my house, my neighbor's house, and then there's a cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. Which is like the... So the first house on the cul-de-sac... There, my neighbor's back, my neighbor, the back of my neighbor's house looks into the side of the house on the cul-de-sac. So it makes like a T, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from my backyard and the first house on the cul-de-sac's backyard is just one big backyard. You can see straight into this house. Yes. And we sit on 
my house, my neighbor's house sits on a hill and the cul-de-sac house sits obviously down a little bit further. So you can kind of see into the house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that house went on the market the same time his family's house on the market. And they sold, I remember because they sold within like a couple days of each other. And I remember that was like kind of a big deal because it was 2013. And so the housing market wasn't the greatest. And we were all really excited that two houses on our street sold pretty quickly and within a couple days of each other. It's funny the things you remember. So it's the funny the things you get excited about. <laughs> I okay, I know. I was a realtor for a small period of time. I got my real estate license, so I am kind of interested in that. Five minutes as a realtor. Yeah, literally. Give me the uh, name yeah. of your autobiography. Five <laughs> minutes as a realtor. I tried something for five minutes, didn't like it, tried something else. That could be the name of my biography. So we were like, oh, that's so great that this house sold. Then we found out from other neighbors that not only was his family going to come back to Virginia, but they had purchased that house on the cul-de-sac. So not only coming back to our street in the house they already owned, but we're going to move into the house that literally we share a backyard. I was like, okay, I'm sorry. What are the chances of that? And if I remember correctly, their house hadn't sold yet. So it wasn't that they had put their house up and it sold and they were like, oh no, we want to come back and we like that street. So we'll just buy this one. Like they purchased the other house before they put their house up for sale. And I was like, okay, what are the chances of that, that your high school crush that lives five houses up from you not only moves, but moves into the house literally in your backyard? Like, how does that? Where you can see each other. Like, you can sit at Nicole's kitchen table and, like, see their kitchen table. Basically, yeah. So it's just crazy to me. I was like, what are the, you know, and so mom's all, because she loves, like, a romantic Hallmark movie. So she's like, it's meant to be. This must mean something. I think you guys are going to get married. I was like, all right, I think that's a little dramatic. But, yeah, it does seem weird. I'll give you that. Um. But granted, he wasn't living with his family. So it wasn't – he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So then a little bit – like a while after they moved in, he actually came – I guess it would have been when we graduated college. Okay. So, so like 2014. He actually came back and lived with his family for a chunk of time. And so I did see him. And I used to spend a lot of time in my backyard. I was doing a lot of like craft projects and I would go out and read – and then he started hanging out in his backyard. And I was like, what is – because I kind of always felt like, okay, this seems kind of bizarre. Like it seems like you want to talk, but you're not going to initiate anything. But I don't know. Like am I just reading into this? But then I also was like, he's literally in your backyard. You have to – if you don't say or do something, that's just ridiculous, you know, like mm-hmm. on a silver platter kind of thing. And so I remember I was working on a project, this flag made out of um, – like a palette, basically. And it looked kind of funky. Like it didn't look proportionate. And, um, and I was like, screw it. I'm just, I'm just going to – he was outside. And I was like, I'm just going to ask him, like, would he look at this and tell me if something's wrong? Like, I'm just going to start a conversation and see if anything happens, you know, if we can keep it going. Had you ever talked to him up until this point? Uh, I think at like once at a freshman party in high school. So it had been like – Eight years. Yeah. No, like sorry. it hadn't, yeah. Um, so I remember being like, hey, uh, can I, I don't know what I said, like, can I bother you for a second? Can I ask your opinion? Something like that. He was like, yeah, sure. And so, and he gave me good advice. It was good and it was right. Um, but then that was kind of it. Like I did introduce myself. I was like, oh, I'm Nicole, by the way, to kind of be like, hey. And, um, but then that was kind of it. And I was like, all right, like. I shot my shot. Like, I, I can't do anything else. Like, this is as far as it's going to get. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and then he left and went. He's he's trying to be a musician. So he moved <laughs> to be a musician. Um, I was like, okay, what are the chances that that happens and it doesn't mean anything? Like, I think that's a Netflix movie, but obviously they're going to have to end up together. They can't just, can't just be my actual story. Yeah. But I found this out probably about like four years ago. 
mom was talking and our high school was our graduating class was what like 400 some kids so it was pretty big mm-hmm. so they didn't do our graduation at our high school we did it at our the closest college to us which is about 25 30 minutes away would you say yeah so we just so we did it there so that way it was auditorium so people could bring as many people as they wanted so there's no tickets or assigned seating or anything so it's a college auditorium so it's pretty big it's it's an arena it's their basketball arena yeah okay arena sorry people <laughs> I know work know. at events can you call it the right venue name now sorry, that I work I in an arena and do high school graduations <laughs> when did you get it right <laughs> so sorry it was an arena um like that's where our closest concerts happen and everything. Which is really funny when you go to a concert there and you're like, we graduated on that stage. I've never been to a concert there. You've never been to a concert there? No. That is so weird. Okay. Um, but Nicole's going to go find me tickets. As soon as I know. Well, well now I'm back up. So I found out like four years ago that apparently my family and his family sat right next to each other or sat right in front, right by each other. I was like, okay, what are the chances that – they sent us there. And I guess at one point, our moms started talking. And I think it was um, something about like, oh, who's your kid? Who's your kid? So they could gauge like where they were in the program. But I was like, well, it's in alphabetical order. Like, couldn't you kind of just figure out where? Whatever. So they started talking. And then they think they realized they were neighbors. And so when they said, oh, who's your kid? Who's your kid? And when she said, oh, her, Daniel, my mom who is the worst secret keeper in the world, <laughs> goes, oh, my gosh, my daughter had a crush on him. I was like, mom. <laughs> so my mom told his mom, which apparently his mom said, oh, Nicole, oh, he's talked about her, which part of me feels like it was like the weird girl down the street has a crush on me. Steer clear. She's, t- she's talking to me. Um, <laughs> Although we don't know, I couldn't be stacking him. But I was like, oh my gosh. So you know that she went home immediately and was like, oh my God, guess what I heard at graduation. So he 110% knew. You guys had a very, like, it would be a good Hallmark movie if we got if you together. Guys yeah. Ended up together. So, so he definitely knows. He definitely knew. I mean, obviously, it was years later, but still. So the funny part about it that Hope doesn't know this part that I told her we were talking about yesterday and I was like, okay, I will – I asked her if I want – if she wanted me to tell it or just wait to get a live reaction. So she's going to get a live reaction. So as a, well, as a side note, we're saying his real name is Daniel because he – once we left high school, he legally changed his name which is hysterical to me. So we can use his real name because that's not what he goes by anymore. And if you went to high school with us, I'm sure you knew I had a crush on him. It's not a secret. <laughs> it he knows like his mom, mom told his mom. So it's not, you know, cat's out of the bag. So, um, so I have you know, no problem saying his name. But in order to be prepared for this, I was like, I should go to his now name Instagram just to make sure there's nothing that links and back just you know to cross all our t's and dot all our i's so i scrolled back so i went to the beginning and it's we're all fine there's nothing there but i discovered a picture when he was at he posted when he was in new york when he was in college and that he had i had thought that he had just played in because he was doing he's trying to be a musician in a band with um, Ren Weaver, who is one of my favorite artists mm-hmm. that sings Octahate. It's one of my favorite songs of all times. I don't know why I love it so much, but I love it so much. And I love her. And she's very, like, indie. Like, no one no, – she's not mainstream or anything. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But I thought – because she's a musician. And I thought she she just needed a band. And they just went to the same school. And so he just played in a band with her back in, like, 2010 or something. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what are the chances of that? That's so crazy that mm-hmm. this musician that I love that's not that well-known, they ended up, you know, knowing each other. 
when I so I googled it just to make sure. So I googled their names, and the thing came up. He has like a bio on something that they didn't play. Me, they weren't a band together. They started a band together <laughs> in college. So your favorite indie musician and your crush from high school aren't good friends with each other? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> yes. Yeah, this would have been a good Hallmark movie if it had worked out. I mean, that that is to me the dumbest thing I've ever heard because I would say all my other top favorite musicians are very, well, most of them are very popular, very mainstream, whatever. But I'm like, okay, I love one person who is really not that popular. I'm like, what are the chances that that's the school she went to and that they became friends and that they started a band together? Well, with your life, high, high odds. <laughs> like what are, I mean, it just, it sounds so stupid. It sounds so made up at this point. God, you should really write this as a Hallmark movie and send it in and be like, here, just add some Christmas trees and you've got a Hallmark friggin' 3,900 days of Christmas movie. <laughs> I just want to know, like, what are the chances of that? Has that happened to anyone else? Is that, is this a normal? You have a small world when it comes to him. Yeah, it's like everything. It's what we're talking about, like the red string theory. Is that what I'm like? Everything's connected on some level, and so that's why I keep being like, it has to mean something, right? But it doesn't. It hasn't in 14 years. But I that would be a that would be a face crack to steal a line from RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I'd be a face crack if this worked out. I'd be so confused. I'd be like, uh, oh, yeah. it's not. He has no interest in me at all. Which, okay, can we say this? Oh, we need to cut this, but that I would say, when was it? I want to, uh, we read. Are you talking about his blog post? His Tumblr, yes. That somehow <sighs> we hope I. Who found it? Know. Did someone tell us? I think somebody reposted it on the social media and I stumbled upon it. Is what because I think happened. From high school, well, all I know is because one of the things was someone had posted a question or whatever you want to call it, saying that they had a crush on him in high school, but it was like an unrequited love or something. And he, his response back when, like on Tumblr, you could submit anonymous questions. This was right? very. This was the same time that uh, when Cole Sprouse had his Tumblr. Okay. It was like the same. It was basically it was the same time, kind of the same vibe, and. I remember him posting some – because Hope and I literally were on the phone reading it to each other because we were just beside ourselves. And he had posted – when someone had said that they had a crush on him in high school, he was like, I get this a lot. Like, I'm so sorry that all this unrequited love. So I was like, okay, so did everyone have a crush on him in high school? I just think it's – like, I think that that's a very epitome of you, your crushes. (laughs) But I will – your life is the Hallmark movie that's n- never going to work. <laughs> yeah, it never, it's never happy. It's the sad Hallmark movie. You'll find – I have full faith you'll find love eventually, and he's going to be – he's going to be so off base of everything that you've ever had a crush on. Yeah. I'm convinced of that. He's going to be, like, my type. Do you think I'm he's going to be really nerdy? You say that, and I don't – but I would say that Daniel was. Okay. So, you ready tried that? <laughs> well, yeah. I would say my type is very, um, like, but here's what I discovered. Here's how I discovered it. I would say, if I had to describe it, I would say, like, 80s hairband, guys. But here's why I think this is true. Because growing up, Uncle Jesse on Full House, the very first episode, he had longer hair before Michelle, or no, Stephanie caught it. And he was in the leather pants with a tattoo and the long hair. Hundred. That was like my first crush. Okay. And then I just rewatched Ten Things I Hate About You and Heath Ledger with the lawn hair and the jewelry and like the leather pants. I was like, see, it all makes sense of why this is my type. I'm convinced you're gonna end up with a guy that like owns a ranch in Montana. I have this whole theory. I have like family that family. I could maybe be convinced to live on a farm, but I could only have those tiny goats, like the pygmy goats. Maybe she. No. But that's it. I'm convinced. I'm convinced you are gonna fall in love with somebody who owns like a ranch in Montana. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> but that I'm convinced. So that's your that's your Daniel story. Oh hey. Lord. It's gonna be interesting if we like do this podcast for years, how many more times he's gonna come up. Because you know he's damn well gonna pop up out of the seam somewhere. I know I kind of feel like it's one of those things 
that, what do you call it? That, cause I haven't looked at his Instagram. I haven't really thought about him necessarily, but because we were going to do this, it's like, I need to check his Instagram. And so I haven't looked at it in so long. And I feel like it's now, I don't want to say Pandora's box, but the thing like the crack and like I released it and now it's going to come back in some way, you know, now it's going to appear in some way. Nicole's going to be at a restaurant tomorrow. <laughs> He's going to sit down at the table next to her. And I'm just going to be like, hmm. yeah, I'm a little worried now that we, that might happen, but we'll see. Hopefully it won't. Hopefully that will be done. I think it ties it off with a nice little bow and because he's not going to come to our high school reunion, I don't think. So, man, that would have been a good reason to go to our high school reunion. See, yeah. Nicole like, crutches. At this point, I'd almost just go up to him and be like, okay, you think this is weird too, right? Like, this can't just be me. <laughs> I would just watch for the entertainment. I know. But obviously, he didn't have a crush on me, so it probably wasn't as weird to him. Obviously not. Look, God doesn't do it with both hands. Did you? That was in the. Did you watch that Trixie and Katia? No, that's not you. Need didn't to watch. Catch up. Trixie says that. At one point. It's like you know, God doesn't give with both hands. I um, there are uh, podcast goals. <laughs> I want to be Trixie and Katia. I yeah. think that I watch that when I watch them, I realize that how like how similar their dynamic is with ours i agree i think that is definitely what they're on our goal list if we can put things out in the world daniel re showing up in your life was put out in the world no, I, want take to, out the world. I would like them to be guests on our podcast someday i think so that is a that is your first ever nicole story on the podcast my first nicole story I can't wait to listen to this back because it's going to go from dogs to trees to Daniel to celebrity crushes to trees again being mentioned. Like, I hope it makes sense. That's my worry. Well, completed. Episode two. We've done it. We need to figure out if anyone is listening to this and can give us suggestions on how the heck to end these things. <laughs> this has caused an incredible amount of stress and anxiety of how do you end a podcast? I don't know, just think without that. like, I mean, someday if we hypothetically got big, we would be like plugging other things at the end, but we're not there. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at look at my artsy Tumblr, guys. Like, what are we gonna plug? All right, it's been fun. It's been real. <laughs> so, have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye.